25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Wyatt sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Football. Thank you, Jerry. We enjoyed listening to a little Jerry Clower story on yesterday's show. That was fun. Might have to do that again. Might have to do that again. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. Competitive rates. Fast service. Friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. And I stay connected to you, not only now, live on the air, during the show, but throughout the day, the night, overnight, mornings. Shows aired around the state on WVBG Vicksburg at night, 107.7 and 1490 Talk. WBLE Batesville, 100.5. Because of C Spire, we get it everywhere. We stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, which is the number one network in Mississippi, a great Mississippi company. And reminding you of that. I'm coming up in about five minutes. We're going to talk with Matt Moscona. Maybe a little who that Saints with him as well. He's covering the Saints, obviously. He's ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Also a little LSU. LSU is ranked number five in the preseason coaches poll. I'm going to give you that coming up just before we have Matt on. But, uh, Roger, i got to jump in here and address a couple things on the text line. First. So, we in hour number one... We played a little Jackson State Sonic Boom. 100 grand's been texting in and requesting it. We'll give him what he wants. And then somebody said that, or it was him actually, who put in there that Beaver says that the JSU Sonic Boom is a trash band. I said, surely he didn't say something like that. And then he says, yeah, he said it right before he came on the air with Jake. Before he came on no, the no, air. Before I came on the air with Jake. Oh, okay. So, see, yesterday they had me as a guest on their show. Oh, okay. That's right. And then on Jake's show, and I didn't hear it. You know, I was on hold, but I just didn't hear that part of the show. And so they were expecting me to call Beaver out when I came on. Well, the reason I didn't is because I didn't hear that comment. Had I heard it, I would have called it out. Because it really is is not good. He'll fill in for me again. Just let, just you know. I'm gonna save it. Is a dish best. Well, okay. We got Roger. We got a follow up text. Look at that. He's getting the reputation. I don't know if you want this reputation. It says Beaver is a butthead. And he's anti Jackson State. Oh, <laughs> man, what happened? Yeah, didn't give, didn't give you a scholarship, man. <laughs> we were talking about kids. Michael Thomas, highest paid wide receiver, sixty one million guaranteed. Not even recruited. Had to beg Neuheisel to sign him, according to Deuce McAllister. 
And that alerted Tim, who texted us and said, I see that they've got Gardner Minshew penciled in as a second-string quarterback behind Nick Foles in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Another under-recruited player. Had to go to a bunch of different JUCOs. Just keep on playing and fighting and scratching and clawing and good things happen. Don't quit. Um, apparently, I ruined Chip's lunch when we brought up the porta potty getting tumped over story. It's a true story. And the NFL Top 100, they had on the website, they had Antonio Brown in the top 10 twice. It was a mistake. Drew Brees is number two on that list. Actually, ahead of Tom Brady. They had Drew Brees number two. That sounds about right. They had Aaron Donald number one. And this person. I like Dak too much. Well, I know. I said, is Dak in the top 100? They said, no. They said Dak shouldn't even be in the top 250. Are there even 250 players in the NFL? (laughs) Yeah, that's a ridiculous statement right there. He's pretty good, I'd say. All right. So, um, yes, the USA Today. I'm not about to go through the entire USA Today preseason coaches poll from Amway. First of all, USA Today Sports has kind of become a joke. Secondly, especially in the preseason poll, nine out of ten coaches aren't actually filling it out. They don't care in the preseason. They're having their sports information director do it because they are obligated to. And so that's it's a preseason poll. But I know that it interests a lot of people. My opinion is not the only one that matters. So here it is. Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3. Duh. Oklahoma 4, Ohio State 5. Dog gone, Roger. I didn't send you Matt's number, did I? No, I was waiting. Shoot. <laughs> you wonder why you haven't heard the little ringy dingy. Mm-hmm. I looked at the clock and it just hit me. Well, I'm going to send it to you right now. All right. It's an on-air <sighs> production meeting. That's all right. On-air production meeting. Welcome to the show, folks. All right, there it is, Roger. It ought to be on your phone. That's our old buddy Matt. Matt Moscona. We'll get him. Number four, Oklahoma. Number five, Ohio State. This is USA Today preseason coaches. Poll! And number six, LSU. The LSU Tigers. Number six in the land. The third highest ranked SEC team. Michigan, seven. That's too high. Florida, eight. Notre Dame, nine. And Texas, number 10. Y'all, we are going to get a top 10 tussle in Texas in week two of the season when the LSU Tigers travel to Austin. And I love it. But hold on. (laughs) There's more intrigue here. Texas is number 10, but Texas A&M is number 11. Uh, skip ahead. Other SEC teams, Auburn at 16. Iowa coming off their bowl win over Mississippi State at number 19. and that's uh, But that's it. That's it. That's all of it. The end. All right. Flipping that switch over here. One ringy-dingy over here on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. On the guest line, Matt Moscona. You can follow him on Twitter. Spell his name out, at Matt Moscona. The foremost uh, radio and television host, sports talk show host in the state of Louisiana, and he's on your radio right now. Matt, 
I appreciate some time on a Thursday, man. It seems like SEC Media Day is way back there in the rearview mirror. How you doing? I'm awesome, Matt. Just two weeks, man. Uh, I'd go back, though. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to look forward to LSU reporting today, hitting the practice field tomorrow, so we'll all be sweating with them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, you know, once the practice begins, it feels like you're kind of, you know, into a normal thing in our neck of the woods. And I look at today, I know it's a preseason poll, USA Today Coaches Poll has LSU at number six. First of all, how do you feel personally about preseason polls? How do you view those? Well, it's kind of a – I guess the question is, are you projecting how you think they're going to finish, or are you just ranking who you think the best teams are? Yeah. Because if you're projecting how you think they're going to finish, then you got to consider schedule. And so that might be tough for LSU, or really a lot of SEC teams, Matt, just because of the gauntlet. But if you're looking at, as you put together a preseason poll, if you're just looking at, okay, who has the fewest questions measured against the most manageable schedule, I think that's pretty much the the template that most voters use. Mm. When you look at LSU, they're probably about where they should be. They, they went 9-3, and three, they won a New Year's Six game, they returned their quarterback, they returned... They, they basically return everybody except Devin White and Greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. And and that's not easy to replace, obviously. Those are great players, but they've recruited well and have guys at those positions. And then the schedule flips. Like last year they were at Florida, Auburn, uh, A&M. This year they all come to Baton Rouge. Last year they had to play Georgia. This year it's Vanderbilt as they're rotating cross-divisional. You do have to go to Alabama, and I know there's a road trip to Texas early in the season as well. But beyond paper... You return a ton, you got a manageable schedule. It's probably about right for LSU where they are. Just to engage on this a little bit, I'm curious. What if I were to say, why is Oklahoma at number four? Two spots ahead of LSU. And you know, losing Kyler Murray and in goes Jalen Hurts, a kid who who didn't hang on at Alabama. Um, you like that? Should they be up there two spots ahead of LSU? Boy, didn't you see Jalen Hurts in that spring game? Golly, <laughs> he looked good in that fake football, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, this this is where we get into some of the minutia, right? And yeah. and obviously, if you are a traditional power, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Blind resume, should Oklahoma, considering how bad they were on defense a year ago, like should Oklahoma be there losing um, uh, Kyler Murray? Well, I mean, we we could have said the same thing last year after they lost Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So, and there they were right back there again. That's probably sort of a nod to the fact that the Big 12 is not great. And most people think that, that um, you know, back-to-back Heisman winners at quarterback, Jalen Hurts steps in and probably does the same thing this year. I'm not saying win a Heisman, but certainly that that offense won't skip a beat. Matt Moscona on your radio right now. Y'all follow him. Uh, look at my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. There's links there. You can just click and follow if you don't already. You really need to. Uh, I've been wanting to say this for a long time, and now I can say it, Matt. Week two, okay. top ten tussle in Texas. I've been wanting to use that alliteration for a long time, and now I can finally do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that game. I'm probably more surprised that Texas is number ten than Oklahoma's number four. Hmm. Um I mean, I get it. You know, they 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 beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, beat Oklahoma a year ago, and I and I like Tom Herman a lot, Matt. I mean, he it's no secret around here, man. When LSU was in the market for a coach, I was all in on Tom Herman, and that was that was the guy I wanted. And I and I 
I think that's a tough spot for LSU going on the road, and Herman's history as an underdog has been really good, and I think Sam Ellinger's good. But, man, um, boy, Texas loses a ton defensively. Uh, they, if they had little Jordan Humphrey back, I might feel different about them offensively. But, man, little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson were just an incredible duo last year. Colin Johnson was just a few yards short of 1,000. Otherwise, they would have had two receivers over 1,000 yards last year. So, yeah, I think do they have a second receiver is a big question. Replacing a lot on defense. I Maybe I shouldn't be surprised because it's Texas that they're there, and it's probably similar to the reason why Oklahoma's there in the top five and why we always see the usual suspects in the top ten. But but if there's a team on there that, that might slip, Texas might be that team. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they're one of the five teams – on LSU's schedule that are ranked in the top 25 of this preseason poll. And if you look at the SEC, I saw this on Twitter, only Auburn has more. Auburn's got six teams on its schedule preseason ranked. The next, LSU with five. But LSU up there at ranked yeah. at number five. So, I, again, I know it's preseason. We're talking about rankings. But it is it is a tough schedule. You are in the West. And it could teeter back and forth. And, I, Matt, am I crazy I just think Joe Burrow is going to be the difference. If if he elevates, it could be a great, magical year. If if he doesn't, it could be good but not great. I think it hinges on him. Uh, I I would tend to agree because defensively, I think they're, that LSU is going to be solid. They, you know, you can sort of just check that box because Dave Aranda is always going to run a tight ship, and you've got Grant Delpit back, and Christian Fulton sensational, and. They've got depth at linebacker, and their their top two defensive tackles return. And then you've got uh, Caleb on Chasson coming off of injury at outside linebacker. They think he could be a double-digit sack guy. I mean, defensively, you're like, okay, they're going to be really talented and good over there. Yeah. Like, can the offense in a game in Tuscaloosa or a game in Austin or if you get into a, a really tight battle at home against Florida, like, can the offense make the plays to win those games? I mean, that that is the question for that's always the question for LSU is I mean that's that's, that's mm-hmm. the question we've been having about LSU for a decade now I mean that ever since the 07 championship that's been the question about LSU is their offense so you know I I agree with you on Joe Burrow you know, he people forget this he went the entire month of October last year without throwing a touchdown pass mm-hmm. um, they were winning games but it didn't look good then November came and it just started to kind of slow down for him a little bit. I think we forget. I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, Matt, because you played the position. You know, Joe Burrow was dropped on LSU's campus last June, and by the time they opened up fall camp, like he was still like not sure where his apartment was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, three weeks, now go get ready and go win a game You know, uh, in the opener against Miami and Dallas. Go, go get him, Tiger. And it was, <laughs> you know, he, he had a whirlwind transition that he was dropped into, and I think it took him a couple of months to become comfortable. And once he did, you saw the results in November. If you just go look at his game-by-game statistics a year ago, it'll pop what happened in the last month of the season. If he can carry that into this year, then yeah, LSU's got the potential to be a really dangerous team. Um, But that's always the if with LSU offensively, Matt. And, And anyone who's skeptical, I don't blame you because... There's a lot of LSU fans that are skeptical because it feels like we hear the story every year. Sure, sure. Matt Moscona on your radio. He's the host of, uh, after further review, great afternoon uh, show statewide, Louisiana, ESPN, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans. Hey, 
how happy is Houdat Nation that the deal is done with Michael Thomas and he's he's around and paid for a while? I, well, certainly I don't think there was anyone who thought that this wouldn't get done. Mm. Uh, I think if there's any apprehension, it's what does it do to the salary cap moving forward? Because, look, man, the Saints have never paid a skilled player outside of a quarterback more than the $10 million a year they gave Jimmy Graham. And so now you're talking $20 million a year for a wide receiver. And, Matt, I've done, the, I've done this topic so many times on my show over the last few years. We talked about this day, the inevitability of paying Mike Thomas. When you look at the highest-paid receivers in the history of the NFL, you look at Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, Randy Moss, Steve Smith, and then in this era, Odell, Antonio Brown, now Mike Thomas. What do they all have in common? None of them won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, There's something to be said for investing that kind of a resource into a player that doesn't control his own production. So... I mean, you had to do it. Michael Thomas is sensational, and there's no bigger Michael Thomas fan than, than me. And you had to pay the guy what market value is, and I think the deal is team-friendly. You know, the fact that you have under contract for six years now, we know that the, the salary cap's going to escalate, so the percentage of the cap that Michael Thomas' deal is eating up is going to decrease. So long-term, it's a good deal, but there's also sort of that thing just kind of hovering going, man, Teams that pay receivers don't typically win Super Bowls, so we'll see if we'll see if New Orleans can break that trend. We'll see. You know, I had Deuce uh, McAllister on the show earlier, and, and I think at one point I introduced Deuce as a guy who ran through the uh, Buccaneers defense without his helmet on one time. I saw it uh, on TV, but <laughs> he was. I, I guess not I, anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, I. I um, I asked him, you know, a little bit more about Thomas, and I didn't realize. And he explained to me kind of his his story, the context of him being this highest paid receiver, the fact that he was a kid who was basically not recruited, had to beg somebody to sign him, had to work his tail off, and now look at him. Isn't it an incredible yeah. story, though? It is, and he's he's got some of the measurables, obviously now with the size, the hand, you know, the hand size and all that stuff. But you know, he was he was the sixth wide receiver taken in that draft in 2016, mm. which is staggering to think. But, man, I, I saw a funny stat the other day, Matt. Um, aside from Sterling Shepard, who was the, the, the fifth receiver taken that draft, and Thomas was sixth, the, four, the top four receivers in that, year, that year's draft combined do not have as many career receiving yards as Michael Thomas. Wow. It's, it's amazing. Like, mm. the Saints very clear. Sean, Sean Payton very clearly scouted that prospect, knew – knew what he could be in this offense and and they hit in a in a big way. But you're right about Mike Thompson. You know that the other thing too that's great about him is in we we'd probably agree that the wide receiver spot, wide receiver and corner are probably the biggest diva positions in mm-hmm. and maybe sure. all of professional sports. Michael Thomas is a guy who and look I know he did the cell phone celebration last year and his Twitter handle is can't guard Mike. But you gotta have some of that confidence. But for the most part, he's a guy that's a great team guy, keeps his mouth shut, and, and, and does the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the put your head down, you know, lunch mm-hmm. pail, go to work type. Use whatever cliche you want, Matt. But he's he's one of those guys as well that's not good doing sit ups in the driveway or showing up <laughs> to the camp in a hot air balloon. <laughs> that's good. Well, and he fits in, therefore. So um, it's a good story. Hey, Matt, listen, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I know every day this time of year is busy for you. 
you got LSU showing up starting camp, and so I can't say thanks enough for you giving me some of your time and jumping on my show. Thank you. Always my pleasure, Matt. We'll talk soon, man. All right, let's do it. Talk soon. Thank you. That's Matt Moscona. Y'all follow him on Twitter at Matt Moscona, M-O-S-C-O-N-A. You'll see it there. And his show, After Further Review, weekdays 3 to 6, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and on television uh, throughout the state of Louisiana as well. Um, Hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, um, preseason polls. But, Roger, I, I, I don't want to be the guy who I hear some <clears throat> quote that I can sort of take in context and then on my show and then redistribute it and it gets everybody stirred up. You know, I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking to take something one of my guests says and then pin it to the wall to That's get it. To go viral. To go viral. I'm not trying to do that. But <laughs> let's do it. But look, Matt, and he's and Matt's great and a great guy, does a phenomenal job on the radio. He's one of these guys born with a radio voice, too. Yeah. But when he said, you know, they're playing Texas in week two, and no fan base gets in an uproar over little things more than Texas fans. And Matt said, I'm more surprised Texas is ranked 10th than I am that Oklahoma's four. <laughs> and if I put that on Twitter later today, hot take that it's going to sound like a hot take and they are going to blow him up. And it's within the context of I had already asked, you surprised that Oklahoma's number four. And so I almost feel like I need to run it by him before I just put it out there on Twitter because I know what's going to happen is Longhorn Nation, if you will, is going to have a field day with that. So you mess with a bull. But I don't disagree with him at all now. I don't disagree with what he said one bit. Yeah, you mess with the bull, you get the Longhorn fan base. And the other end, too. Bunch of spoiled brats. That's what the Longhorn fan base collectively is. <laughs> All right. Just getting started. Stick around. All right, let's get something straight on this top 100 players thing. (laughs) It's NFL stuff, and look, I get it. You don't come to me to hear me yapping on about the same old stuff that all these other shows and talking idiots around the country all were, I say we're, talking about. But especially those in the big markets. It's all going to be you know NFL stuff and training camp stuff and contract stuff and all that. But it just came up earlier on the show, and I want to throw a bone in there on this. I'm mad I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. So unnamed texture cleared it up. I looked up at NFL.com. They're, they just finished last night their list of a top 100 players in the NFL. You can look at the top 10. Number one on the list is Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle, or just plays everything on the defensive front for the Rams, number one. But number two was Drew Brees. Yes, Tom Brady in the top 10. Thing was, they messed the graphic up, and they had Antonio Brown on there twice. They put Brown on there at number seven and at number two, but it was supposed to be Drew, Drew Brees at number two. So we had a texter who corrected me on that, but I also asked, I said, is Dak in the top 100? And the texter said, no, Dak should not even be in the top 250. Now, I'm about to give you just a few examples of why That is maybe the dumbest thing that's ever been texted to this show. 
other than when I say texted to this show, something's been brought up was dumber. And that was earlier today when somebody told me that Beaver said that Jack the Jackson State Sonic Boom was a trash band. <laughs> that was dumber. <laughs> but to say Dak's not even in the top 250 is maybe the dumbest thing that's ever been texted on this show. Let me just give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> he has more fourth-quarter comebacks than any other quarterback in his first three years in NFL history. We got it? Write that down. Not to mention, you know, the rookie of the year thing a couple of years ago. Winning numbers, all this, playoff appearances, he's on pace, on a pace that exceeds any other Dallas Cowboys quarterback in history. He's on pace with Roger Staubach. Yeah, well, Matt, I don't want to hear about two years ago in his rookie year. You okay, you don't? Let's talk about last year. How many people, like the person who texts you, will tell you something about how Dak wasn't any good last year? How many people will do that? They'll do it, won't they? Now juxtapose that against how come then the Cowboys are about to pay him $30 million? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why they're about to. Because last season, Dak Prescott, <clears throat> let's see here, his passing yards were 15th best in the NFL. Well, there's 32 teams, so that means that that was top half of the league. Ahead of Matthew Stafford, who's the highest paid player going into last year, right? Yeah. Ahead of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he was a rookie, but he was the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Ahead of Cam Newton. Once took his team to the Super Bowl. Heisman Trophy winner. Yep, Dak, ahead of him. Ahead of Carson Wentz, number one pick. Ahead of Mitchell Trubisky, first round pick. It goes on and on and on. He's in front of all those guys. And he did it last year. He did that last year by throwing fewer interceptions than just about everybody I mentioned. Oh, by the way, he had more touchdown passes than Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz. Oh, and another thing. He did it last season, playing in five games without Ezekiel Elliott, right? He Or was that the year before? Oh, he had to go through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's been through that in his career. He also did it last year, playing the first, you know, what, a month and a half? Two months? month and a half of the season with a receiving core that none of y'all can name a single one of them. And half of them aren't even on the team anymore because they're awful. He didn't have a single legit NFL starting target to throw to until they signed Amari Cooper. Oh, well, they had Cole Beasley. Yep, banged up, traded him. Jason Witten, sitting in the Monday Night Football booth, had zero tight ends who anybody wants running routes, catching balls on their NFL team this year. Not one of them. That's what he was dealt with. And that's what he did. 15th most passing yards, go 22 and 8 in touchdown interception ratio, win a whole bunch of games, take them to the playoffs. People like you who would text things and tweet things that he's not even in the top 250 in the NFL are either A, biased, or B, clueless, or C, all of the above. Amen. 
Amen. Speaking of Dak, here's what he said to the NFL Network about all this contract stuff and Zeke and on and on and on. And But you're having to deal with all of these questions about your contract and Zeke's holdout. How is that affecting you? Uh, it's not affecting me. Uh, I enjoy the, the the leading my team, getting those guys ready, getting that offense going, uh, making sure the team's come, uh, coming out each and every day and ready to practice. Those are things that I love that I embrace. So for me, it's about focusing on that. Uh, I've got a great team that's going to handle the contract, trusting the Cowboys, getting that done. Uh, and I know Zeke's taking care of himself, and that's his business to handle. So for me, it's about just uh, taking care of my business out here on the football field. And why was it important for you to be here while it gets worked out? Uh, yeah, just as I said, the things I love, yeah. the things I embrace are leading these guys out here each and every day, uh, coming to work with these guys. Uh, I know my agency, I know my team. They're going to do a great job with that. Uh, as I said, I trust in the Cowboys. That's going to get done. Uh, my main focus is how I can get better on this football field and get the other ones around me better. Dak Prescott, a little bit from him. How about Eli Manning? Roger, did you see what went on last week with Eli Manning earlier this week? No, I missed it. What happened? All right, so Odell Beckham Jr. got traded from the Giants to the Browns, right? Yeah. And he had this comment in a recent interview that talked about how he put the Giants on the map because he was good and people paid attention to him as long as he was there and he felt disrespected that they didn't make a bigger deal out of it when they traded him and stuff. <laughs> they asked Eli Manning about it on the NFL Network in one of these sit-down interviews. Listen to what he said. I don't think they bothered me. Uh, just, you know, you just kind of shake your head and laugh. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> I mean, I think those two rings had a little bit to do with right, why yeah, they're yeah. on TV. We I won mean, a few games before he was here. I yeah, think, a know? couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love. I like it when when they they can can own their rings. You know, he like said, yeah. And he's so like he's so like golden boy humble about it, right? Like, oh shucks, man. Yeah, I think I won a couple of games before he got here. <laughs> that that's from his good home training. Right. I there. can't hear it enough. I, can't. I don't think they bothered me. Uh, just, you know, you just kind of shake your head and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing? <laughs> I mean, I think those two rings had a little bit to do with right, why yeah, they were yeah. on TV. We I won mean, a few games before he was here. Yeah, think, a know? couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Hey, and then right after that, Eli went into the uh, press conference room and went right back into his patented coach speak mode. I thought the first week went well. I thought, um, you know, guys, you know, just so much more advanced than, than last year at this point um, from all areas, just uh, on, on settled on, you know, protections and routes and concepts and everybody's just, uh, you know, a better idea what's going on. I think it's been smooth. Um, uh, there's been some, you know, some, special some teams. days that are better than others, and that, that just happens. Uh, yeah, we're a lot stronger than we were a year yeah. ago. Uh, faster, a lot wiser, I think. You wiser, know. yeah. A little yeah. more experienced, yeah. Too, you know, yeah. we got great chemistry. Got some, got some more reps in, you know. You know, and the thing that we got to do, Roger, is just focus. Game on, has really slowed down. Yeah, and we got to focus on ourselves. You just do, you know, play our football. We can't worry yeah. about what others do. We just got to buy in. What That's we right. Got going on. Yeah. That's right. I think, and I think that we've done that. Yeah. We have good chemistry here. <laughs> <laughs> we are pros. We have it all figured out, man. Roger, something showed up in my mailbox today. Just a few hours ago, I, I got out of the mailbox, opened it, and I was like, look there. I'm going to have to mention this package on my radio show. So I'm going to tell you what, what it was next. You got a happy in the mail. I got a happy in the mail. I'll tell you I what it is. That. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. People talking about Dak. The rate at which he was sacked last year compared to the other quarterbacks in the top 15 in passing in the NFL last year, only Deshaun Watson in Houston was sacked more. And that's two mobile quarterbacks. And you can find anybody who will tell you all about how bad the Texans' offensive line was last year. I got news for you. Most of the year last year, Cowboys offensive line was good and horrible also. <clears throat> Bad. So the proof is on tape. The proof's about to be in that contract because they know. All this other talk you see on national stuff and all these talking heads and message boards and fans and Twitter, most people don't know one thing they're looking at when it comes to what actually is in football. And that's just a fact. Hey, back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, and I'm going to tell you what I got in the mail. But first, Roger, did you see this news? Local news. Now, this is not sports-related. I just was curious if you'd heard about this. I guarantee you, Roger, you've heard about it. What you got? Uh, Let's see here. School board member convicted of voter intimidation. Canton, Mississippi. Story posted 11 a.m. this morning. A school board member and city employee has been convicted of voter intimidation in central Mississippi. Local news outlet reporting uh, Madison County, a Madison County jury found Courtney Rainey guilty yesterday on Wednesday on one count, couldn't reach a verdict on voter fraud. Rainey is a Canton school board member and has served as the city's director of human and cultural needs. She was originally indicted on 16 charges related to conduct in Canton's 2017 city elections. Taken into custody yesterday after jurors announced their verdict. She is scheduled to be sentenced next Friday. So it's a she. It's a she. Normally you think of when somebody's trying to intimidate somebody, it would be. Right. You know, big old guy trying to physically intimidate, but it must have been something else. Yeah, this person, Courtney Rainey, is also running for Madison County Justice Court judge. Good luck with that. It ain't happening. I don't know if he can do that from the cell. And what went on? It says seven others were indicted on related charges. Canton. Uh, Alderman Andrew Grant's voter fraud trial is scheduled to begin Monday. Well, politics in Canton are, are famously, uh, I don't know, convoluted. Askew? My gosh. Yeah. We got one who's in custody, convicted, uh, voter intimidation, about to be sentenced, seven others indicted, and a trial for voter fraud for an alderman beginning Monday. Good grief. But you got over there's a couple of, you know, factions trying to run everything, and this is how this is how it this is how it goes when you don't play fair. Hey, famous words. It's not hard 
to not get arrested. I mean, you you, you got to really cross some lines somewhere to get yourself arrested. <laughs> Hope you didn't just jinx yourself. <laughs> Maybe I did, dead gummit. Where's some wood to knock on? Statewide radio host arrested uh, in bizarre turn of events. A, just a Mississippi months. man. Just one months. Of the Mississippi man stories. <laughs> They're reading on the Florida news, trying to get away from their own freakiness. Just months after stating on st- his radio show <laughs> that it's hard to not get arrested. We wouldn't throw that back in your face. Yeah, I would deserve it. Hey, it'd make a good story, wouldn't it? Everybody you listen. Know Beaver, Beaver would put it on the button board. Yeah, he would, and I would deserve it's it. It's not hard to not get arrested. <clears throat> well, after today, <laughs> after today, Beaver's probably not happy with me. Uh, I just can't believe that he threw shots across the bow at the JSU Sonic Boom. Hey, man, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, if I go to jail for something, imagine, and it makes headlines, imagine we'd have a big audience listening the day y'all put me back on the air. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I'd tell some stories yeah. from, from the clink. We no. really listened to us over there in the uh, Madison County Detention Center. Hey, everybody, by the way. What's up, boys and girls? <laughs> Matt may be coming to see you. <laughs> we do a remote over there. But let me say, officially, I love y'all and all, but I hope not. <laughs> okay. Food's awful. <laughs> Here's what came in the mail. This big package, and it felt heavy, and I opened it. And it's the... 2019 Southeastern Conference Media Guide, the printed physical version of it, not digital, the analog version of the Media Guide for the whole Southeastern Conference. Nice. And on the front, it says the SEC. It just means more. Now, there's so much in there, but this is what I was going to tell you. A few pages in, page 25, it has an entire two-page spread here, Roger, about SEC football video replay, which has made a lot of headlines, right? And and we've talked about it on this show. Seems like I've heard something about it. Well, it's got the whole thing in here. Every possible article and rule and procedure and everything that they are designing this thing by, the, the replay, it's all in here. I can read it. It's a nice little resource. But this is what I was going to point out. You remember I said on scoring plays, why not allow them to be reviewable, including flags that are thrown on a play that involves a goal line? Mm-hmm. As a suggestion. As it turns out, every scoring play is reviewable right now. Any scoring play. A, a potential touchdown or safety. The exception would be when the safety is by penalty for fouls that are not specifically reviewable. And then field goal attempts and everything. And scoring plays are all reviewed anyway. Reviewable. But this is reviewable fouls. These are the penalties that can be reviewed by video replay. <clears throat> a. Player making a forward pass or forward handoff when beyond the neutral zone or after a change of possession. I don't know what the last part means. I just know if you cross the line and you throw the ball, they can review that. B. Player beyond the neutral zone when they kick the ball. So, on, you know, when they throw offsides on a kickoff. They can review that to see if you were offsides. Um, they can review blocking by players of the kicking team before they are eligible to touch the ball on an onside kick. Another one that's reviewable. The number of players on the field for either team during a live ball. So if you get called for 12 men on the field, 
or not enough men on the field, they can review it. You could challenge it for video. Illegal touching of a forward pass by an originally eligible receiver who's gone out of bounds. Now that's the one I wanted to get down to. And there are three or four others, but I wanted to get to that one. <sighs> Mississippi State fans, I'm about to spoil your after lunch snack. You remember that play that we all got up in arms about? The Mississippi State-Alabama game two years ago in Starkville, 2017. An Alabama receiver, unforced, went out of bounds. The official on the sideline threw his hat down on the ground. That's what they do to um, indicate that the receiver has gone out of bounds on his own. The receiver came back inbounds, was the first to touch the pass, which he is not allowed to do legally. He then caught it and ran it down to the one-yard line where Alabama scored one play later. Inexplicably, no one in the stadium or in the press box could figure out why the play was allowed to stand when A, receiver went out of bounds on his own and everybody could see it. And it could be seen on video. B, the official on that sideline threw his hat, which is what they do to indicate he went out of bounds on his own. Those things happen Yet the play was allowed to stand. And upon conversation of this for days and weeks, people said, why didn't they review that? Why didn't Dan Mullen challenge it? And people said, well, you can't review that. Others said, yeah, you can. Others said, well, you shouldn't have to challenge it. They ought to review on their own. Well, guess what? It's right here in black and white in the reviewable fouls section of my media guide that showed up in my mailbox Two hours ago. Article 8, Section E, illegal touching of a forward pass by an originally eligible receiver who has gone out of bounds. It references the rule, and that's the article in the official manual of SEC football video replay. Without question, 100%. Skelton, the official of running that sideline, whose dad played quarterback for Bear Bryant, number one, shouldn't be allowed to officiate Alabama football games. Number two, that play without a challenge from the coach or with it, but even without it, should have been immediately reviewed via video by the officiating crew. It ought to have been initiated by them on the field or by those guys sitting in that Replay booth over in Birmingham. But it wasn't. And there's nobody, not one single person, who can give you a reason or an explanation as to why. Take that to the bank. I got it right here in black and white. Have a good Thursday, and I'll see you on Friday. See ya! to the Matt Wyatt Show.